Sports Network. This show brings the temperature of sports to a whole new level. Whether it's a local opinion or a national agenda, everything is fair game. Remember, everyone has an opinion, but only few can back it up. Now sit back, crank up the volume, and if you think you can handle it, get ready for the heat. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Heat Ratio Live. I'm your host, Tony J. Socatillo. Joined tonight, once again, by Mikey Googs. We figured, you know what? Last week, we had a one-on-one. Worked out really well. We're going to do it again. Coming off fantastic interview today. A shout-out goes to Yingling Brewery, doing some fantastic things. Had the CEO on, Wendy Yingling herself. Gave away five, fellas, five prize packs for us to give away. And every single one of them. Comes with a six-pack of their new beer with their embossed retro look, a backpack, Aranola shirt, a Yingling hat, Yingling bat. Dude, it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. So keep it locked here so you'll find out how to get yours own. And don't forget the bobbleheads. We still got the bobbleheads going until April 23rd for the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame, Joe Lenardi and Sister Jean. But... We're going to talk a little Eagles tonight, a little, little trade back. Last week, me and Mikey went back and forth to Joe Flacco saga. Now it's the trade back saga. We have opening day. I'm ready. I got the Phillies gear on right away. Mike's got a little story about a nice little hat he's got going on. And on top of that, we're going to talk about 50 best soundtracks of all time. Well, not the 50 best of all time. Our favorite, but we're. We're, we're going to go an article that says the 50 best. We'll have to vote on that. But anyway, as always, Mike, what's up, buddy? How you doing? It's been a, it's been an interesting week, been an interesting week, but uh, glad to be here again. Um, I guess let's just get right into the hat stuff, right? So this, yeah, what's uh, up with that, man? Talk about that. Yeah, interesting story. So package shows up at the house. It's addressed to Mikey Googs. You know, obviously, I get the package and shake it a little bit, make sure it's not like <laughs> a some sort of explosive device, considering all the fan mail that I have on Twitter. You know, everybody seems to love me there. So anyway, I opened it up, and it was uh, this nice, you know, flat brim Eagles hat. You know, old school Eagles. And it was addressed to Mikey Googs. Wow. And right to my house. So a couple of thoughts come to mind. One, thank you for the hat. Whoever was, it was very generous, very nice gesture. And uh, the fact that you know that I'm obviously the old school uh, preferential logo for the Eagles was a little bit worrisome, but you've definitely hit it on the, hit it on the target. And again, if, if anybody wants to send me a jersey size large, <laughs> Like, you know, so um, Kelly Green, preferably, but I already have the Randall Cunningham jersey, so don't send that. Anything else would be great. And a nice uh, Wilbert Montgomery throwback. You know, the uh, Mitchell and Ness. I love those. <laughs> love so, well, well, you know what, Trevor? We'll, 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 we'll check you <laughs> off the list. <laughs> uh, what's, <laughs> what's up, man? Andre? So, yeah, uh, uh, very, very pretty interesting story about the hat, uh, but uh, well done. Well done. So, yeah, that was pretty much the excitement of the week. And then, obviously, our Eagles and the big trade. What do you think, Tone? I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, you know, honestly, um, I'll be honest with you. We, uh, we on, I was on the um, the line change with John Jansen on the gambler when it went through and me and we're talking about it. And I had a different perspective. I know everybody was all that they were they were going crazy over this trade. Couldn't believe it. Why did it happen now? It's ridiculous. It's a month out. But 
think about before the trade happened. And this is one thing, Mike, that we didn't even touch on last week was the secret word that Howie Roseman tried to go grab Juju Smith-Schuster and sign him to a deal. Now, that's a number one wide receiver he's trying to sign. Now, well, well, the reason why I bring it up is because if he wants to try to sign Juju, that means he's not even looking at a receiver in the draft. He's not He's not going to sign Juju and then go after Jamar Chase, who everybody wants him to pick. So this completely, completely looks like the same thing we've been talking about for so long. Well, what's the, hold on, we got Tony, can't wait to see your face. Listen, I, <laughs> here's the thing. I am telling you right now, I will be absolutely shocked at two things. Number one, if they pick at number 12. And number two, if they do not draft an offensive lineman. I, I, I'm telling, listen, here's why I like it, Mike. This is why I like it. Let's hear. You already know this is going to be a five quarterback draft in the top ten picks. Five quarterbacks, which means talent is going to fall back, and you're also going to have a couple teams that might want to trade up to try to get another quarterback. Who knows? Talent is going to fall, and this also to me shows the Eagles aren't sold on Jalen Hurts. It says that the Eagles are saying we want to pony up for next year in the in the case that maybe Jalen's not the guy. And then we have possibly three first-round picks to move up and get that stud quarterback that's in the draft. And I'm not a college guy. I'm not sure who that is, if that guy's even there. But I think it gives them a lot of flexibility. And, Googs, let me ask you this. We weren't going to win this year either. So why is everybody so upset about this move? I don't get it. I think just people are just pissed in general because of – you know, the missed opportunities that Roseman had to draft these amazing players, you know, these game changers. I mean, it's just going to go back to the Metcalf thing and the la- the stuff that he's done over the last couple of years. Justin Jefferson, Metcalf. And now, you know, you're not going to get a chance to draft a generational talent. And then they'll start squeezing the stats and they'll show you the first six picks landed so many Super Bowls. And then they'll show you the next six didn't. I mean, at the end of the day, right? The thing that's most concerning and I always go back to when Roseman trades and when he makes deals for picks and stuff like that. Do you really have any confidence that the guy is going to make the right pick regardless of where we pick? So if you're, yeah, I mean, you can make the argument they should stack draft capital because we're going to suck this year. Sure, we can make that argument. But there's so many mixed signals the guy throws out that you don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it. I mean, what was this shit about Zach Wilson? What was that about? Yeah. Then the that- announcement with Flacco as the starter and then... That was a head scratch. The Wentz meltdown? I mean, come on, man. I mean, we can sit here and just and, and throw bombs at them all day long. But, you know, the point is we don't know what they're doing. No, we don't. We, we have no idea. We have no idea what they're doing. But, but, the, but the only thing I could say is even if they are going to pick where they're at, mm-hmm. at least they did it a month early. So just possibly, maybe, maybe they say, you know what? This is going to give us enough time. So we don't get caught with our pants down once again, uh, you know, a la Marcus Smith, uh, you know, like, right. So we're not get caught and, and be able to pick and know we have a one, a one B one C and keep that freaking Jeffrey Lurie out of the goddamn room. Okay. And go by the damn draft chart and, and say, you know what? This is who's there. This is who we're taking. I still think they're going to move back. I, I could definitely see them moving back to like 15 or 16 and, and, and quite possibly, I could see him move back even more. 
because uh, I don't here here here's the thing. This is and Mike, what do you think about this? Here's another theory. We're so bad. We've said it on this program before. Name a guy under the age of 25 that's showing a bunch of promise for you, right? We're so bad. We need so many pieces. Does it really matter? So, you know, if they're looking at it and saying, we need a ton of draftees. We need a ton of younger talent. So, you know what? We might as well just stack up. They have 11 picks this year, more than any team in the NFL. Four picks in the top 152, right? So I guarantee you, they're saying, you know what? We can get a corner. We can get an offensive lineman. We get defensive lineman. So wherever that guy falls, and you know, we get him at 19, we're going to take him at 19. So all the people that think they're going to get a game changer, not going to happen. Well, then why why even entertain the thought of trying to get Wilson? Why even try to get up there then? Not if so what you're hurt. saying. Not so long hurts. Right? I get, but it was Roseman that made the pick. And I, everything went sour with Wentz after they drafted Hurts. That's when it all started. It's when it all started to unravel, really, when you think about it. It did. So now, so now they're not sold on Hurts because they saw they saw him come in. He beats the Saints last year. Everybody was like, Hurts is great. Hurts is this. Hurts is that. I was a big Hurts supporter. They got some film on him. He loses the next couple of games, and now all of a sudden he just isn't good. I mean, if you're Hurts, we, we talked about this last week. What are you thinking? Uh, and let to go back to what you said originally, you know, they get to pick 12, right? You know what they need. They need an offensive lineman. We yes. all know that. Everybody knows that, right? Yes. And you know what they're going to do. They're going to pick a wide receiver. There's going to be somebody there, that kid from Alabama or uh, Smith. Somebody's going to be there that they're going to get. And we're all going to look at each other the same way we do every year. And we say, who? So I don't know, man. I, I hate to say like, I just hate to sound like this, but have you seen anything that makes you think that outside of Miles Sanders and uh, Goddard, that he's going to do anything that he should do. I just no. don't. I don't see it. There's no confidence in the guy. No, there's not. There's zero. But also remember this: you brought up the Jalen Hurts point. Jalen Hurts was, and we had Greg Mosher on the show, and Mosher hit it right on the head. And Mosher said, "Listen, Jalen Hurts was drafted to be a backup. They did not draft him to think that they were going to be a starter." So, and remember, I still say. This proves it, I think, that Doug Peterson was fired because he wanted to go ahead with Jalen Hurts. How he still wanted to move with Wentz. So, it, so he's not sold on Hurts. How he said, we're going to do everything we can to fix Wentz. Right? So, so, so they, Hurts was a Peterson pick? I, I I don't know if it – no, it wasn't a Peterson pick. I still think it was a, a, a Howie pick. But it was a Howie pick to say – we want to get, remember we talked about insurance a little yeah, bit, right? Good. Save his yeah. job. What happened? His job is saved. He's still here. And it, it was a guy that said, you know what? I don't think he's going to be a franchise quarterback, but he's got a lot of talent. We could, we could utilize him in different ways. Sure. So, right. So now they're stuck because Carson said, I'm out. I want to get out of here. They weren't expecting that. And now they're, they weren't sold on Hurts last year. So why are they going to be sold on them right now? I like the kid. I say you give him a chance, right? 100%. You give him a chance to what he could do. He's going to get it. But the problem is there's there, there's too much indecisiveness going on. And the other scary part is you mentioned wide receiver. Here's my thing. Here what go. if, just what if they're outsmarting themselves in a sense that you know for, for damn sure how he's going, you know what? Jalen Rager, he's a stud. 
JJ, JJ Ortega Whiteside, he's a stud, man. He just he just wasn't in the right system. We drafted these guys. We know they have talent. That's the scariest thing of all, Mike, because if they're going to overvalue who they have on this roster, we're going to be set back another four years. Well, that's the Juju Smith Schuster uh, reach. Maybe, maybe that takes you in another. Maybe, maybe he knows. Maybe it doesn't. Right. You know, it's the yeah, only, it's right. the only Eagle. Point. It's the only football team that doesn't have a number one receiver. <laughs> Our man Vinny checking in. I can throw a rock in the crowd. I don't. Uh, I don't disagree with Vinny. How he picks. I don't disagree with Vinny at all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Mike, you're 100% correct by my man Vinny. Stevie Wonder, right? Charles can see town better than Howie. Man, we're all over. Uh, well, I love Mikey. What was this shit? Uh, I don't know. Brian well. says, I'm not sure how Howie can't see Wentz wanting to leave when you drag the backup talent for him rather than any real talent to surround him with. Here's what, Brian, I get it. And I get the point, right? And as always, lo- love you. You'll be checking in as always. But here's what I will say. The Eagles, and Mikey's going to love this, from the days of Chase friggin' Daniel, right? God. Thinking that's stiff that they paid. Dude, they paid $8 million a year for Chase Daniel. No, they gave him big coin. Big coin. Big because coin. They wanted to invest in a backup quarter. Everybody has two quarterbacks. Remember they said everybody has two quarterbacks. Well, in their mind, they were drafting talent to help the team, not Wentz. And they already thought they listen, here's 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 my issue. How can you blame Howie, right, for the picks? You can blame him for not working out, but you can't say that he wasn't trying to surround Wentz with talent. I will continue to say that. They just sucked. Right? Like I, I mean, at the end of the day, he didn't draft. DK Metcalf. But you know what? A lot of people didn't draft DK Metcalf, but he still drafted a receiver. He didn't draft Justin Jefferson, but he still drafted a receiver. So he was still trying to help Carson. He just can't pick talent. Or, or okay, you're right, but maybe, maybe Peterson and the Eagles coaching staff at the time had more influence on who was being picked. I mean, what are we going to Are we all supposed to just sit here and believe that it's Roseman in some friggin' room saying this is the guy we want and none of the Eagles coaching staff has any type of influence on who's being picked? I mean, there's just no way that that's happening. No, there can't. It can't be. It can't He's not be. up there playing Billy Bean. Come on, well, come on, man. He's got also, his things. You can't tell me that Jeffrey Lurie comes strolling in a room, rock, you know, bangs down a hammer and says, I want Jalen Hurts. I don't believe that shit either. He might. I, I he don't might. believe. I mean, all who knows what he says, <laughs> or maybe he gets in Howie's ear and he says some shit like, "You know, you ought to give that kid uh, hurts a look, man. Look at him." And maybe Howie's just trying to protect his job, and he just does what the owner wants. I mean, we could sit here and speculate forever, but you know what, man? At the end of the day, whatever the hell they're doing, poor drafts over the last X amount of years has seriously caught up to this team. Okay, and he's not going to be able to buy his way out of it because he's backed up. Okay, to the to to, to the gills with salary cap. He's got no move to make. The entire team is old. It, it's just it it's. He's it looks excited like it's though, Mike. He's yeah. excited. What's I he going to say? Listen, gonna... in these unprecedented times, the one thing I'm really looking forward to is cheering on our Eagles with you at Lincoln Financial Field. You are the best fans in the NFL, no doubt about that. We will get through this together, and when we do, we'll be right back on that road to victory. I can't wait. Stay safe and go Eagles. That sums it up. I'd rather listen to Vince McMahon than him. (laughs) Come on. 
It, well, why didn't he just say this? I am not reading off of a cue card. <laughs> Are you kidding me with that what? statement? Did you see? Oh, just play it again. Play it again. Yeah. I just got to see this again. But, but think about it, man. Like, think about it. You, you, that was like, terrible. Let, let's say this again. You, you mean to tell me this guy's coming in a room, laying a hammer down, and saying, this is who I want. In these unprecedented times, the one thing I'm really looking forward to is cheering on our Eagles with you at Lincoln Financial Field. You are the best fans in the NFL. No doubt about that. We will get to- I, I can't watch that anymore. I just don't even know what to say. Come on, man. No, I guess like, not. I guess not. Like, like everybody, I, look, Mike says he's read off a card so bad. It's so bad. So you can see, you can see his eyes moving. So, I mean, it's horrible. Come on. Ask Jeffrey Lord what year it is. He has no clue what's going on. <laughs> none, none, none. Like the guy who was the guy last week that said, like, <laughs> lay off the weed. <laughs> that was rich. <laughs> Man, yeah. lawyer looked. He looked stoned. Yeah, you're right, Vin. He has no idea. I, I don't. He, you know what? Here's how he became a businessman. What was the name of that movie that he produced in Hollywood? Oh, it was with uh, Vi yes. Warshawski. That was his product. He, he produced that movie. He made some money there. Then he borrowed some cash. Friends and family pointed up and got the Eagles. But he did make a couple of movies. Jeffrey Lurie made an amazing documentary called Inside Job about the 2008 financial crisis that was narrated by um, Matt Ryan. It actually, I think it won an Academy Award. Seriously, he did get behind some really? meaningful stuff in Hollywood, which is weird. But um, anyway, yeah, the problem with Howie is he doesn't listen to White on his personnel guys. Him having the final say is killing this organization. Maybe. Maybe. Brian, I'm all in for having a good backup. Zero issue with it. Yeah, I, listen, bro, I'm not agreeing with it, Brian. I'm just telling you what I think of the way they're thinking. But the draft regular or even another wide receiver in a draft is being terrible at seeing talent. A valid excuse for picking guys that are nowhere near. Where they, oh, listen, they they completely reached for Jalen Rager. We all know that. We all know that. And, and, and that's the thing that kills me about some of these fans because – you know, you have, and I'm not going to mention their names, but you have all these corporate mouthpieces. One of them, Dave Spadaro, right? You know, I mean, oh, no, na- no names will be mentioned here, Mr. Spadaro. Yeah. Well, like, think about, oh, it's a great pick. It's a great, the kid has talent. Come on, man. What is he going to say? What's he going to say? How we screwed up again? We all knew. We all knew, right? We all knew. Uh, Chase Daniel has a best, best agent in the NFL. What a bum. Next to Bradford. Wait a minute. Is it Chase Daniel? Or is it Sammy Sleeves? Yeah, next to Bradford's. Maybe it's the same guy. It, you know what? They might have the same agent. They might. We got to get that agent, Mike. Chase Chase Daniels' uh, agent should have been locked up for grand larceny. I mean, that's just like I, going in the front door to bank and just sticking it up. Well, we need to find we need to find out the agent because I'll tell you what, some of the stiffs they got talking nowadays behind a mic. We 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 need an agent to get their agent to kick them the hell out. No, that's all I'm sure. saying. You know that's what I mean? Sure. Yes. Uh Vinny says, ask Jeffrey Lord what year it is, because though I love it. No clue what's going on. You should just pin that comment. That's great. Not working out is an excuse and a cop. Yeah. Well, I you know, listen, I will Brian, I will not defend Howie Roseman to the gills here. I'm just saying that he at least took the initiative to draft a position of need. He drafted a position, whether it was the wrong guy, he drafted a position of need. It's not like he went out there and, you know, because here, here, here's what you have to look at, Brian. And, and Mike, tell me if you agree with this. If we all wanted a wide receiver and he drafts a safety, we're going to kill him for it. Okay. Kill him. 
What are okay. you thinking? Why? Why the hell? So he gave you what you wanted. He just didn't pick the right guy. Okay, that, you're right. That, that's, that's a good wrong. point. But it's like we expect him as the general manager of an NFL franchise to do his job. Yeah. Okay. So he's being paid to do that. And a big part of it, it's not all of his job, but a big part of it is to evaluate and sign talent, right? And to run up the draft operations. So let's say, for instance, okay, you have an issue with your toilet and your toilet's leaking in your house and you call a plumber. And the plumber comes in, diagnoses the problem, and then he goes and swaps out the sink. Should we be happy that he at least changed something that had water flowing into it? Because that's what we're dealing with right now. I mean, that's, that's a rudimentary that's a analogy, but come on, man. That, that's a good way to put it. That's at least you got the water flowing, but you, you you swapped the sink out. I don't know. That's right. You know I what? Know. You're right, Mike. What am I thinking? Screw no, no, no. I, I, look, I'm just trying to take you on the other side. And I know that there we go. There we go. The brains of the whole organization. You know, every time I see this photo, the first thing I think of, it looked like and originally it looked like he was on a payphone. Because you see that like <laughs> you see that silver thing over there? Yeah, you can see like part of the backdrop of um of your screen. And I'm like, wait a minute, is he on a payphone? Oh my god, that's that's hilarious. He's on a payphone with a calling Omar on the wire. Oh, my God. Omar. He's calling oh, yeah. Stringer Bell. We got to pick up. Go. We need to re-up. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. That's what's crazy. Like, there are some pictures that are symbolic to what we're talking about. And great. through this whole, I mean, when you look at this, and then you look at this one, right? It, like, look, look at, look at, I can go back to this whole, look at Roseman. Like, look at that face. And go, Doug, go I don't back. know what Crusher's doing right there. Go back to the previous one. I have a good caption for it. Okay, so this should, the caption should this one for this one should be how it started. Now go ahead and go to the next one. How it's going. And <laughs> Doug right now. Doug is. Uh, After he just left the secretary's office in Kansas City. Uh, I don't know if I yeah. should say that. Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Ooh. That was swept under the rug. But, uh, we talked uh, about that. But Mike, Mike says he couldn't order a pizza. <laughs> well, he definitely didn't know if it was pepperoni or plain, right? So he got about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. How he made that trade to buy himself more time. Does it? Right. Now, this one, Vinny, honestly, get back on a serious note. I agree. He, he made this pick to buy himself more time. Doesn't mean it will be the right one. We all know that. It absolutely doesn't mean it's going to be the right one. But he did give himself to buy some time. Is it reasonable for us to believe that the guy just wants to work and he doesn't care about doing a good job? I don't know about that because try to picture yourself as Howie Roseman. All right. When you are around your friends and your family and your social circle and your business circle, I don't think everybody wants, I don't think he wants people to look at him and laugh at the guy or does he just not care because he's getting a fat paycheck? I mean, I, who knows, but I don't think the guy wants to, I don't think he wants to do the wrong thing. I just don't think he's capable of doing it. Nah, you know what? I could definitely see that, man. I, I mean, it, and and if the 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 bad part about this whole situation is if we can see that, other people around the organization on the outside can see that. Some people internally can see that. You know, listen, say what you want, and 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 again, it will go down as one of the worst uh, parts of history. The Eagles, Chip knew he didn't know what he was doing. I mean, Chip didn't know what the hell he was doing either. But Chip knew he, he he probably had one meeting with Howie Rosen. Was like Jeffrey, this guy needs to step, get him out of here. He has no idea what he's talking about. That's exactly what happened. And then he put baby in the corner, right? That's what he did. So 
I just, I never understood that. I'm like, why can we see this and know, like, what is Jeffrey Lurie blinded because by? Because there's something else. There's some kind of something there. There's some kind of a relationship there that we don't know about. There's something there, okay, that we'll never know about. But it's not, <laughs> it's it's not because of, uh, well, and look, and, and whatever he was feeding Lurie, he could keep going back to Lurie and say, listen, I know you doubted me. You doubted me in 2017, but look what I did. You know, he's been feeding him that stuff. I don't know. They won a Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe, no, they maybe, did. maybe Louis look, I just got to give him patience. It takes five, six years for things to turn around. Who knows what they're talking about? But right now, if everybody else knows that this guy isn't getting it done and they question everything that he does, I mean, I don't I don't think Lori thinks of him like that. He probably looks at them totally different. And look, you know, the picks that they the draft the the, the trade that they made for the draft picks, it's probably the best thing to stack draft capital because they have to rebuild. But I'm super, super curious on what they're going to do with that number 12 slot. If he goes and he picks a wide receiver, bro, regardless of who the wide receiver is, then he's really ignoring the core core players and the structure that the Eagles need. The offensive line is in shambles. I mean, and, and who do they have coming up? Who's there coming up? They're Band-Aid guys. There's nobody there coming up. Well, there's a lot of question marks, right? Question marks. Question marks. I mean, listen, and that's a good point that you bring up because let's look at this realistically and say Lane Johnson, as much as I love Lane Johnson, he's a question mark this year. I don't, we don't know how healthy. Dude, he said his leg was shattered. Shattered. That's not the not the, right. not the kind of words you want to hear in the middle of the season. Exactly. You don't. You didn't hear shattered. fractured. You didn't hear, you know, ver, no, you heard shattered. That's not good. Right, that's not good. Brandon Brooks has been injured three of the last four years. Uh, you know he's not getting any younger, and he he's great. He's in phenomenal shape. He he has a mental fortitude to be able to come back from these injuries. But you know, Father Time is Father Time. We've said this before in this program. Two people that can never be beaten. It's Father Time and Mother Nature. They're undefeated. They will ne- you, you will never beat out either one of them. So Jason Kelsey, what's he got a year left? Right. So. You know, are, are we really putting all our bet or our eggs in a Jordan Maialata basket? Andre Dillard, who's a mental case, like uh, it, it's Sean Andrews all over again. All right, so uh, there's a lot of issues here, and that's why I keep saying they have to go offensive line. It seems like it. We all know what they need to do, but we're all pretty sure what they're not going to do. Well, right for sure. When that when 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 they pick, regardless of whatever they do. We're all going to say the thing, the same thing we say every year. What? Yep. What? And Vinny, what? you're right. Rashawn Slater. There you go. Offensive lineman. There's an offensive lineman right there. Uh, uh, here we go. Robert checking in. I, I like this. John Dorsey, who we talked about, right? John Dorsey told Howie not to do the trade. Howie decided to be the pain in the ass, never listening little brother. Now the Eagles are on a five-year recovery plan instead of three. Interesting. Very interesting. interesting. That's a great point. Uh, Mike says, are you going? To, are they going to draft another Dillard? To me, interior O-line is, yeah, Brian, yes. Yes, yes, yes. If I had a Daniel Bryan image right now going, yeah, yes, please. That's what we need to do. That's how you win. That's how you win. You don't win because you have the best wide receiver. You don't, you don't win because you have the best playmakers all the time. You win because – here's here, – let me say this. And, and we kind of got into this a little last week, but again, all right, I don't know if we got into this or I got into a Jigsaw's judgment, but the MVP of the Super Bowl was Todd Bowles because he's a defensive coordinator. 
the defense won the Super Bowl. Man, nobody talks about that, huh? No, right. It won. Listen, no disrespect to Tom Brady. Todd Bowles won the Super Bowl because JPP and Dominic and Sue were all over Patrick Mahomes. All because, over. Right. That's how you win. In the trenches, say what you want, just like Andy Reid said over and over again, you win in the trenches. That's what they need to do for me. And, Brian, I completely agree. Regardless if Hurts is the answer or not, you're, you're – yes. Want, Brian, yes, yes, yes. Love it. Some should hire Brian as the GM. Yes. <laughs> Mike says, isn't interior O-line a third? Uh, it depends. It could be. You could get a very, very good – you get stars in the third, fourth, and fifth round if you know how to draft, if how he understands that, but, you know, for the offensive line. But, you know, you can get premium guards in, right. the, in, in that first round. Again, remember, Mike, that's why they move back to 12, and that's why I keep saying they could probably move back to 18, and then they could say, okay, we're, we're getting a solid starter for the next five years, and we didn't overpay for him. We didn't reach, and we picked up more draft picks in the process. Now, let me ask you this, and I'm going to piggyback off of something, and one thing I do is I don't copy segments, but what I will say is when I hear a good segment and I like it, I'm going to talk about it. So, what I will say is this, Mike. I turned on the radio today, okay. and I'll give them a shot. I heard Ike Reese and John Marks, and I heard Ike Reese say he would 100% trade both of the, this year's number 12, next year's number the first overall pick that we just got in the trade, okay, and your first-round pick next year, three first-round picks, and Jalen Hurts for Russell Wilson. Would you do that deal? No, no. No, I might do it, man. Oh, you're well, you know, considering that Howie Roseman is making the picks. Maybe, maybe, I guess when you really look at it like that, because you have any kind of any kind of uh, confidence that Roseman's going to do the right thing. Well, you know, he made some good, valid points, right? So I would but I'm say a, I'm a no, I'm a no. So, so, so say if you go into this draft and you know you have Russell Wilson, not Jalen Hurts. And you draft a couple offensive linemen. And now Russell Wilson's been doing stuff with nothing for years out there in Seattle, right? Um, you probably have, what do you think, five-year window for Russell Wilson? Five years? So now it's not used this year to build up your, your team. You go all in next year when the salary cap goes back up and you get out of the contracts and the dead money, and boom, you're a Super Bowl contender. That's the way I look at it. You know, so you have less of a risk than you do with Jalen Hurts. So I think he, right, right. I, I don't know, man. I, I had to think about it, but you know how I am. I think I would go all in. 32 years old. He's taken a lot of hits. Yeah. A lot of hits. Early in his career, he took a lot of hits. He's at what, $140 million contract. He's getting paid big money. That's an anchor. If you're trying to rebuild right now, do you want that anchor? What are you going to get? By the time that they're ready to compete, he's 35, 36. Then what? You just blew another 50 million a year on the guy or 35 million? I don't know, man. I don't think. And you give away all that potential? If they just that, fired yeah, friggin' Roseman and put somebody in there that could draft, I mean, I would well, take the young guys all day long. But the problem is, you know, we've said, I know I've said on this show all the time, I'd much rather get an established prime talent instead of taking a risk for somebody who may not work out. So that's what you're doing right here. You're essentially taking a prime talent 
And again, listen, I agree, Vinny. No way you make that trade. He says, who's blocking for him? That's a problem. Yeah, who's he throwing it to? It's a great point. What's he throwing it to? JJR Sega Whiteside? No. Bro. No. He was Paul, he was throwing to Paul Richardson. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right. He was showing to Paul Richardson. Made Doug Baldwin a household name. Doug Baldwin was like fantasy killer for years right. because of Russell Wilson. I hear I'm, you. So I mean, think about it. it. You know, I just look at our our easiest path back to I wouldn't say dominance, but our easiest path back to going deep in the playoffs is with an established quarterback. And if we had that opportunity, listen, if Deshaun Watson wasn't playing footsies with everybody all over you know, Houston, I'd be all in on Deshaun Watson. I think oh. Roseman was getting close with all that. And, you know, he wanted to go all in with Watson. He might have. He definitely might have. But there's a day. What the hell old is Deshaun Watson? What's he, 20, 27? 26, 26, 27. Yeah. Big deal, man. In terms of, you know, he's still coming. He's still fresh out of the gate. When he's not at the, uh, you know, the washy-washy, he's uh, actually playing football. <laughs> I mean, you know, if he was playing football, I guess that would be a, a different story. But that's a lot of draft capital to give up. I mean, even if he screwed up, right? I mean, if the guy screwed up, you know, half of those picks and he gets the other half right, I think you still fill a lot of holes. Because, yeah, you're right, dude. If you put Wilson in there, if he had some sort of structure, if you had a wide receiver at least to throw it to, Let's say if they wind up drafting Jefferson or if you had, you know, uh, a Metcalf or somebody serviceable. I mean, they don't even have it doesn't even have to be a Metcalf. But if he had something and if and if those question marks surrounding our offensive linemen were maybe 50 percent less of question marks, then maybe there's a little bit of foundation where you might want to stick your neck out a little bit and take a chance. But putting him back there, does that what is that really what is that going to accomplish? I don't know. Well, man. Here, here you go. Here's something that nobody talks about. What about the fact that not only did we miss on Metcalf and not only did we miss on Jefferson, but nobody talks about the fact that we completely missed on Devontae Adams, though. Yeah, that's for I don't think I don't think when we think of those three together, think it probably that. pushes the average Philadelphia fan to want to jump off a friggin' bridge. So we don't even mention Devontae Adams. It's like he's not even in the conversation. Devontae friggin' Adams. Wow. Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. Is Devontae Adams Devontae Adams if he's on the Eagles? Is Justin Jefferson Justin Jefferson if he's on the Eagles? What if what if, what if if Rager goes to Minnesota and blows up? You ever ask yourself these questions? Well, I'll give you Devontae Adams, right? Now, the one thing is, and this is the first year I've done this, uh, you know, and I'll be honest. I never used to watch game film. Didn't watch the 52. I didn't watch any of that. Last year, I finally started doing it. I bought the package for NFL Network. You could actually watch the condensed games in under an hour. So I would look at Devontae Adams. I'll tell you what, man. Number one, he's strong off the line. Nobody can cover him. And his route, his crisp, his crisp cut, from right to left is is virtually unstoppable. So I would say he may not have the amount of touchdowns and yards because listen, it's the magic man. It's it's Aaron Rodgers, right? We like he already knows where these guys are going. So yeah, he's definitely going to have a drop off. But on the other end with Justin Jefferson, we're talking about Kirk Cousins, and Justin Jefferson was 100% the most NFL proven ready wide receiver to come out of college. We all everybody knew that for some reason Howie didn't know that. No, Howie but, didn't get that memo. Yeah, Howie yeah, Howie, Howie was delivering his pizza by that time. He, didn't he had no idea what was going on. Yeah, he didn't get that. But Robert, I agree. Sewell, I would love Sewell, but he's going to be gone. 
Uh, Tucker's a nice one too. Uh, agree with both of you to build in the trenches in the first round. Too much uncertainty. Too much uncertainty with Dillard, a guy you draft. Hey, hey, you know what? There you go, Mike. There's another thing. That's a high okay. Pick. Before we turn to music right here, but that's another. We traded up. We traded up to get Dillard. A high pick. Yes. Where was he and, picked? Uh, you remember? Twelve. Wait. I gotta, uh, dude. We have we've had so many picks, <laughs> like that's the problem, and, and so many misses that I I, I forget he was he was pick he uh, was twenty two thousand nineteen yeah pick twenty two round one yep twenty two I th- for some reason I thought twelve I had a two right but um but again did not look good and and, and you know I, I I had a back and Ooh. forth with my man Gene from Wire Wire Podcast. He kept saying it was all about because Diller changed positions, and I I don't necessarily agree, man. Listen, your mental capacity as a football player sometimes is something that outweighs your physical capacity. If you mentally are a midget, look at Carson Wentz. If you mentally cannot deal with the the constructive criticism and what goes on, the speed of the game, guess what? It doesn't matter how strong you are. You're never going to be good. And I think that's the problem with Dillard. Before these guys are drafted to the Philadelphia Eagles, do they give them consideration on whether or not they would be able to handle savage animal fans and reporters like us? It is a tough city to play for. We all know that because we say it all the time, not to sound cliche-ish. But if you don't have the mental capacity, and I know mental capacity leaves a, you know, that that that, that leaves a lot to be do, uh, to be determined. That covers a lot of ground, okay? You have to be able to deal with all of that. So, don't you think that that maybe as the due diligence before they give somebody, you know, like 50 million dollars over 5 years that or whatever that number is, millions and millions of dollars, don't they? Don't you think they check into that? Isn't there some sort of due diligence that they could do to figure out whether or not the person's going to collapse mentally that they can handle that kind of pressure? I mean, especially when you're when you're drafting somebody from uh, from North Dakota State, uh, like Wentz. You know, yeah, okay, big for North Dakota, maybe big for Fargo, but then you throw the guy in the middle of Philadelphia, and it's all a lot of people like us running around. I don't know, man. Don't they think about stuff like that? You know, you would think. I know that they definitely had a synasium where. You know, they would actually, uh, you know, prepare these guys for the financial, you know, uh, impact of signing a contract and paying taxes and and giving out your your agent dues and things of that nature. But I don't and I know they have media training, but that's after after they get picked. But prior to that, Mike, you're right. They they have no idea what to expect. Zero. But but here's the thing, though. You know, the more I think about it, most of these guys, if not self-represented, have already hired an agent. Sure. So I think that agent, his due diligence is to look at these towns and these cities and and prepare him for what's going to go on, right? And and I think here's a problem. It wasn't the media that ate up Andre Dillard. It was his own team. Yep. Right? And and, and that's what people were not – listen, I'm not trying to crucify the guy. I mean, poor Vinny says they'll be – and listen – I, I, I don't want to get into the whole me- mental health thing because it is a serious issue, right? It is. No doubt, no doubt. Right? And and, and I will I will go to bat for anybody with that. I'm just saying that if he's my number one pick that's playing left tackle, the blind side of my, of my quarterback, 
I need to hope that he has the mental fortitude to be able to hold it down against some of the toughest trash talkers in the NFL. And if he can't do that, we got a problem. And even in the even in the locker room, I mean, the guy's been playing football his whole life. I mean, football players aren't the nicest people. They're all, everybody's going to give each other crap. I mean, that's it. That's just that. That's it. You would assume that somebody that plays football would be able to, you know, would be used to that kind of environment. And we don't know, man. I mean, maybe he was, and he just got into the NFL and he couldn't handle the pressure. Who knows, man? We're not we're not Andre Dillard. We don't know what he deals with. Right. And you're right. I guess you can't do that kind of due diligence because it's the agent shopping him around because the agent just wants to get paid. It's the agent care. Exactly. But maybe the agent should say, you know what, man, this guy's personality, he might be better in a Cleveland or in a place where, you know, the 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 team isn't so heavily uh, scrutinized by, you know, people like Tony and Mikey Googs and characters like that running around screaming and yelling about the Eagles all day long. <laughs> I'm sure whatever happened to Mr. Dillard wasn't because of whatever we said, but um, whatever happened to him, it didn't seem like that he had an issue, at least in the beginning when he started playing. It just seemed like it may be, it may be have gotten worse. But anyway, it just seems like the Eagles always have this bad luck, you know, yeah. and they just can't get that guy. Or there's always something that happens. You know, it's it's definitely no no disrespect to Andre Dillard. Whatever he's going through, it must be something. But uh, it doesn't help the Eagles win. You know, it just sucks that we're in this situation. It sucks for him, too. Yeah, it sucks for everybody around. It yeah. does. It yeah. does. But hey, listen, we're 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 a month away. We have no idea what's going. We're going to continue to talk about this. Things are going to evolve. Things are going to change. You're going to you're going to see some people get traded. You're going to see some free agency moves still happen. Uh, probably some trades as well within the draft. Uh, so many many more weeks to talk about. At least this. they're doing something. Yeah, they're doing, they're doing something. Yes, exactly. They're right. giving us something to talk about no. and something that I wouldn't say be excited about, but at least something to think about. Like, okay, they're trying to do something, and we'll see if it's actually the right move or not. Who the hell knows? Now, we did talk a lot about the Phillies last week, and and obviously they opened days a couple days away. I don't really think there's any need to rehash that. Nothing's really changed except for Oduba Herrera didn't make the 40-man rounds. So see ya. Uh, which I could care less about him. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't even get called up. To be honest with you, I could care less. But uh, let's move right on to a fun subject. Let, let, uh, you know, we, we talk about music and culture on this show, not just sports, because let's face it, Mike, you know, as much as a lot of people say to me, we want to hear your guys' opinion on certain things, people are all talking about the same things, right? The, the, the market is absolutely flooded, which is – Good and bad. It's good because you hear a different opinion and a different stance from many different people. Uh, but it's bad because sometimes you kind of get lost, you know, in this cesspool of of talented individuals. And, you know, you can't really stand out sometimes only because these are all talking about the same subject. Well, what we're doing here is we try to mix it up a little bit and people enjoy it. So, you know. John right now is on a sabbatical. He will be back. Uh, we used to do the John CD deck, and, and, and he would give us some really new things. Wait, he, he did tell me this, Mike, which is pretty cool. Okay. Uh, he found a case in his attic that has like 200 cassette tapes in it that he didn't even know he had. Oh, that's right? gold. Yeah. So, and he said, I went through about three or four of them and was like, oh, I can't wait to bring this to the show. So when he comes back, we're going to have some fun with that. So on that note, Mike hit me up today and we were talking about the show and he said, you know what? Let's talk some music soundtracks. And I was like, you know what? It's a great idea because there are some phenomenal soundtracks. Now, what phenomenal to me and Mike, as opposed to like a Rolling Stone magazine, may differ a little bit. Uh, okay, but we found an article that's labeled the fifth 
50 best soundtracks of all time, okay? It literally says the 50 best soundtrack movie soundtracks of all time from Black Panther to Clueless, Days of Confuse of Purple Rain, the music that has defined modern filmmaking. So it's on pitchfork.com. Got to give them credit. But I figure, you know what? Let's have some fun and let's go through with this. So before we even go through this, what I will say is, let, and just give me one, Mike. Let, let, before we can go through this list, give me, uh, you know, a soundtrack that resonates with you that is one of your tops on your list that you can listen to tomorrow, tonight, whenever it is. You still, it still knocks in Mikey Good's list. Friday. Oh, what? Ding, ding, dong. <laughs> right? <laughs> Friday. Yeah, man. I like it. I like it. Keep their heads ringing, Trey. Keep their heads ringing, Doctor Dre, man. I mean, that was, that was the one that you just kept going back to, you know, because you had yep. to get the soundtrack in order to get that track. It was the only way to get it. People don't know that. People don't really, you didn't, you didn't, they didn't release it. So you were nope. sort of forced into watching Friday soundtrack. That's or to that, listen to Friday soundtrack. That's a great point because they didn't have singles back then. It, right. It was like, yo, if it was on the soundtrack, you had to buy the soundtrack, right. In order to get the song. Correct. So you, you were stuck with a $17 album for one song. And the rest of the stuff kind of, yeah, the rest of the, yeah, you got jammed for 17 bucks and the rest of the song sucked. But you yeah. just, in order to get to keep your heads ringing, you had to buy the Friday soundtrack. So that, for me, that was, um, that was still considered the best because I used to love that song. Now, there was a couple of good ones on there. There was that, uh, there was a song by the Alcoholics on there, uh, yeah, Coast to Coast, was which was good. Then Hoochie Mama by Two Live Crew. There was a couple of good ones on there that were okay, but Keep Your Heads Ringing was that was the best song of that soundtrack. Yeah, Keep um, Your Heads Ringing. I mean, it, the beat. And again, it's a Dre beat. We've talked about this on the show before. Oh, for sure. For sure. Right? And, and Dre beats, they will definitely keep your head ringing for damn sure, right? So we we, we, we definitely know about that. Yeah. Uh, that but, would be yeah. my that would be my suggestion. Uh, well, that that's my entry. It would it would be Friday. So for me, this is me right here, bro. Oh so, man, I forgot about juice. Okay, so oh so, yeah, so that that for me, juice is where it was at, man. Juice is where it was at. How and I, I number one, I love the movie. Uh, you know, be, I, I can I can name the parts in the movie nine times out of ten. Let me take the banner off because you you, you get the um you, you'll you'll get the feel. Obviously, it, it's Pac, right? It was Bishop, but uh, I actually can't see. But uh, Omar Epps played a great great role in that movie, right? Q, you had you had Sam's Sam's on me, right? <laughs> Is he forever known as Sam's? He's got to be. He's gotta be. I see right? his face, and I just hear I just hear Morgan Freeman yelling "Sams" in the in the uh, the bullhorn at him. Fair East Side, exactly. <laughs> Sing it, East Sing Side. See, I was picking up a piece of paper, Mr. Yeah. Darnell. Mr. Darnell. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he did Mr. Darnell dirty. Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. Uh, Mike says, almost famous soundtrack. Remember the Titans? Guardians of Galaxies. Great. I'll tell you what. Almost remember the Titans? Sure. I heard some, but never heard almost famous. Almost songs. famous for sure. Great, great movie, by the really? way. Back, yeah, back to, uh, you've seen it before. I'm sure you have. It's uh, with uh, Kate Hudson. I know you've seen it. It was Cameron uh, yeah, Crowe's yeah, yeah, yeah. first movie. I think uh, that was one of his first, if not the first. That's when she went on tour with the band, and it was supposed to be 
um, when Cameron Crowe wrote the movie, when he was actually a writer for Rolling Stone, it was supposed to be loosely based on his experiences when he toured with Led Zeppelin and he was like 16 years old. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah, great movie. But back to Juice. Is that the first time you heard Uptown Anthem? That's what I was going to say, my favorite song. Right, but that was the first time you heard it when they yeah. released it on, right. And I was, a, well, because I was a Naughty by Nature guy. Right, so right. I, I love Naughty by Nature, love Tretch, and that Uptown Anthem song. And, and again, think about that, that that you had the Rockem, No to Ledge, which was a phenomenal song. You had Aaron Hall. I was just going to say it. Right? That. that. I mean, if you're an R&B fan, the Aaron Hall, that, that song, that that's back with the Teddy Riley era right there, man. You know, that that's some good stuff right there. Aaron Hall, Don't Be Afraid is yep. probably one of the best R&B songs of the 90s. I, I completely that's agree. That's got to be up there. Don't Be Afraid. Uh, so was, You Want to Be a Gangster, Too Short. And we've, we've so, talked about Too Short before. Another, yep. great, another great track. You're, you're right. Too, I, I forgot that was even on there. And uh, Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill's on that soundtrack. Yeah, that's right. Shoot him up. Right? Shoot him up. So that, was, <laughs> that, that, that for me... Is 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 top of my chart now. When we go to this list, we're gonna we're gonna go from fifty to one. Bro, this again, list is uh, this is just some questionable stuff on here, man. Yeah, I don't know if you've been through it. <laughs> some <laughs> weird stuff on there, man. So we're gonna start Where's off at nineteen ninety three, Mike. Number fifty, Judgment Night. That's the soundtrack, and you know, right now the movie must have sucked. When the first line says Judgment Night is a forgettable film. <laughs> so, right there, it just shows you that it real but but again, it, it had Cypress Hill, Onyx, Ice T, Slayer. It had some really high class performers on that soundtrack. Well, listen, I've I've I have i have not seen the movie. Uh, and apparently it was forgettable, so I guess I'm not missing anything. But if you do a, do a quick little search on the soundtrack for that movie, there's a couple of uh, there's some some stuff that I've heard before. Uh, Get out of here, really? Yeah, uh, B- uh, Judgment Night, Biohazard, and Onyx. Biohazard. Biohazard. Wow, that's like when they were when they were. Yeah, that's a collaboration. And then you have right. So you have all. They're all collaborations here. It's Disorder with Ice T and Slayer. Um. Ah, check Jam, that. Pearl so it's Jam, like rap and rap and metal. Everything is rap and metal. Pearl, Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill or rap and rock. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, pretty That's wild. Interesting. Uh, oh. Song by Helmet and House of Pain. Just another victim. Who the hell Helmet. is Helmet? <laughs> I don't know. I never listened to that stuff, dude. I don't care. I, I, I've never heard of Helmet. They lost soul and uh, teenage fan club. What, this must be a pretty amazing collaboration, even if you're not into rock or heavy metal, just to hear. I never even knew any of these bands and, and groups collaborated before. It, it, well, here here's what's funny. So if you read the last, so the last part of his review says the soundtrack is like a time capsule from an, altern, from an alternate universe, and you can credit it in part for rap and rock. It's very interesting. I think uh, maybe this weekend I'll... Uh, Tell my oh, wife, we're just going to throw in Judgment Night. All right. Well, while you're doing that, why don't you hit number 49 on the list from the year 2000, High Fidelity? Okay. I remember this movie. I, I don't. It's I a John Cusack, right? John Cusack film. I remember. I remember this movie. 
Yeah, that was like, you, know, you ever see that? And uh, believe it or not, I've, I haven't seen this movie, but apparently there's some reference to him holding a boom box over his head. Remember that? I've seen, you've seen this photo a million times, and I think it was in reference to this movie. Really? Or, see, or, maybe, I, or maybe not. But it, it could be. It, it, it's, I mean, it doesn't say much about the movie. It just says High Fidelity remains Bruce Springsteen's only acting credit in a film. That's uh, uh, that's pretty interesting. Right. So it does say it it succeeds by blending old school favorites, the Kinks, Elvis Costello and Velvet Underground. There you go right there. I, I guess. I, I Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. And this one's got to be interesting because this is going to be above me and you here. But number 48, 1980, The Shining. Love the movie, obviously. Uh, but the shining soundtrack. So I, I, I don't even. I, I you know, again, I, I can't imagine what would be on that soundtrack because back then I, I feel like it'd just be instrumental. Uh, you know, for the shining, and, and actually, it, it does. It says orchestra right here, so it, it's got to be instrumental because of the scariness of the movie. Not necessarily because there's the part in the shining where they're uh, in. When they're in the ballroom, remember that one part? I don't know how much you know about The Shining. Remember the one part where Jack Nicholson's walking through the hotel and it's supposed to be empty? Well, then he walks in and there's all these people in the ballroom and they're all dancing. Well, at the bottom of this article, it says Ray Noble and his orchestra, Midnight, the Stars and You. There's that creepy guy in the background singing that song, singing those words, Midnight and the Stars and You. And it's everybody that's in that movie is just a bunch of ghosts dancing around. You don't realize that. You just think that they're real people or you think perhaps maybe he's hallucinating. So... Not, not, but parts of that movie too, especially in the beginning. Like when you get it, get some time, just go on YouTube and put "Shining" the beginning, and it's this really strange, deep orchestra, instrumental violin, dark kind of music when they're driving through the mountains to get to the hotel. It's friggin' eerie. <laughs> yeah, wow. really weird. And like, that I think goes with the movie. It's totally eerie. So yeah, I wouldn't have never even thought of that, but. Probably interesting. interesting to check some, some of that stuff out. Uh, Beard Bully 215 checking in for Twitch. What's up, man? How are you? Uh, we, we, we went to our music segment here, but obviously we take questions. Uh, will the Phillies ever overtake the Eagles for the best sports team in the city? No. I'm gonna and, and 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 I will say, and I think Michael agree that there was a, there was an opportunity in 2007, 2008, 2009 where it was close. It was close, but. No matter what, no matter how much we bitch and complain, it doesn't matter. If they if COVID's over, Mike, and they open that stadium at full capacity, it'll be packed tomorrow. Agreed. Yeah, it'll unfortunately, I don't see that happening, man. But but yo, know, Chad, that, again, I, I would love it. It's a great I, question, I mean, though. But yeah, but because uh, I love the Phillies, um, but I just don't think it'll ever happen. So beer bully two one five. As you're checking in, man, give us a, a give us a sub as well while you're there, uh, and, and get in this music vibe. We're a little music vibe right now. Uh, I don't think Mike, he's going to be asking any questions about waiting to exhale. But no, go ahead. No, that's it. There you go, Mike. What's the next one? <laughs> yeah, waiting to exhale. Uh, I remember that, this movie. That I remember was when the this band soundtrack though. Yeah, um, some of them like uh, Brandy sitting up in my room. That was uh, huge. Huge. Yeah. Uh, anything Shaka Khan did was big. Shaka Khan. Yeah, man. Shaka legend. Khan was like crushed the 80s. Legend. 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 Didn't Whitney have a song on Waiting Wax Ale? Probably. Let's see. Including music from Whitney, Mary J. Blige, Brandy, Tony Braxton, Faith Evans, Aretha Franklin. I mean, they're all on there. Patti LaBelle. I mean, all the queens of R&B. TLC. 
I mean, uh, and, and again, we, we, we talked about when we talk about producers, of B, I mean, it says it right here, producer, songwriter, babyface, babyface assembled an Avengers team of the most powerful and graceful women in R&B. It became one of the highest 15th highest selling soundtracks of all time. Mike, seven times platinum. Another guy that just doesn't get nobody talks about him. Dominated. Dominated. Kenny Kenny Edmonds is that his Kenny name? Edmonds, Kenny Babyface yeah. Edmonds, right? Yep. Dude, nobody talks about him enough at all. Wonder where he is today. Uh, he's probably loaded, sitting on some whiskey right now. We know that. Um, uh, so. Dan says Paul fixed it. I'm sure we're going to get to that. What's the next one, Mike? Oh, that's a great one. Wow, he threw that one in, Dan. We know nice. that's on the list. That's I'm uh, sure. I, I don't know where I'm it's going to be. I'm but. not necessarily sure that it is because I skimmed through it. There's just some weird stuff on here. Well, Paul, I don't think Paul should the Wicker Man. Oof, nineteen. The Wicker that's Man is never what you expect it to be. Like it's here, a Scottish police sergeant trying to find a missing girl in a pagan community. Um, I don't know about this one. No, the Wicker Man. We're gonna skip Let, over that. Let's give this one a hard pass. So forty-five, Black Panther. Okay. Uh, Okay, I get that. Kendrick Lamar. Well, sure. Anything Kendrick touches just goes crazy, right? Yep, That's for sure. I can see Black, that. Black Panther was a good one. Um, What's this? Next? What the hell is this? Gummo? What the hell is Gummo? <laughs> Gummo? Hold on. I mean, I, I'm going to share the screen. Look, look, let, let, let's just look at the picture here. This is this is what we're looking at, okay? And this is why we're kind of laughing because. First of all, this 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 is what is that? I'm trying to figure out what that is, and so I have no. A snippet of Madonna's "Like a Prayer" blasts away as a gawky young boy tapes a bundle of utensils together and lifts weights in his basement. The movie ends in the pouring rain while the entirety of Roy Orbison's crying plays as a mute boy wearing bunny ears gets kissed in a pool and then holds up a dead cat as a prize for the audience. <laughs> That's what it says. I just read I it word for word. I, I, Roy, I mean, Orbison, I mean, there's Hall of Fame, but wow. There must I, be something really good on here. Let's just do a real quick check on Gummo or Gunno or whatever the soundtrack and let's just see. While you do that, I'll go to 43, which is American Graffiti. Uh, that was a, listen, huge film back in the day. Uh, and when you think about, listen, think of these names Buddy Holly, Beach yep. Boys. Well, there you go. Frankie Lyman and Chuck Berry. Well, there it is. I mean, that's right. It. I mean, that's, that's all you all, need to know. That's Hall of Fame right there. Yes. Look, man, this stuff that's on this soundtrack, I have to be honest with you, I don't I don't recognize one of these bands. It's nobody I've ever heard of before. Like it's Gummo? really, really weird. So we're no no gummo. It's either that or they've been hiding some really good music. So one or the other. Might have to dive into that later. What's the next one? Nineteen ninety two, number forty two singles. I don't remember that, but among tracks from Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. Interesting. So 1992, beginning of the grunge scene. Makes sense. Yep. Yep. And we go to Midnight Cowboy. Number never 41. Saw yeah, I never saw that. I never seen it either. Uh, so I, I couldn't even tell you. Uh, it, it says J James Bond theme. So I guess maybe that's why they get it's pretty significant. Uh, I'm not sure. But here I'll tell you, this is mine right here. Number 40. Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar is one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? I, I love Brown Sugar, man. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I could never watch seen it. it. Not that no, I wasn't a Tay Diggs guy, but I've never seen it. I don't know. You've never seen it? I don't know. I just never saw this. Mike, you got to watch it. 
You will, will. absolutely. Well, you watch it before before next. Try to watch it for next week and hit me up. And you're gonna be like, Tone, love that movie. Uh, I, it, it, yeah, it's a really really good movie. Uh, listen, Most Def is all over that soundtrack, and I love Most Def. Uh, but um, he should yeah, be way bigger than he was. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Wait, uh, yeah, listen, really listen who's on the soundtrack? Did you say it, Jill Scott? Yeah, Faith Evans. Uh, Mary J. Blige, yep. The Roots, Eric B. and Rakim paid in full made it to that soundtrack. Erica Badu. Erica Badu. Uh, wow. Common. So there's, some heavy, there's some common. There's some heavy hitters here. Yeah. Oh, it, it's a it is a a great movie too, man. Because it's all about hip hop, right? It's all about hip hop. It, it's a, it's a really good movie. It's all about hip hop. I've never seen this. Yeah, it, it it's 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 on my my ultimate playlist all the time. But well, then again, I never saw Gummo either, so I think we're. Uh, I'll watch Brown Sugar before I watch that crap. Oh, look, see, so Jamar checks it, and that's the first line. I fell. When did you fall in love with hip hop? That that it was Sydney Shaw. Sydney Shaw. That's her. That that's her name. That's a reporter, Sydney Shaw. When did you fall in love with hip hop? So she's a writer for Double uh, XL. And and that's the whole thing. When did you fall in love with hip hop? And it, it's a really good story. Um, I'm gonna check it out. Dustin Hoffman and John Voigt. They're talking. We're talking at Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, that was on. That. Um, Mike says if we're talking rap, how about the movie Belly? That's all. Sit, Belly. Here's what I'll say about Belly. The for me, the most unique and hottest name for a lead character ever. I love the name Sincere. I don't know what about it. It just clicks to me, but Nas's name was Sincere in Belly, and I loved it. I thought it was uh, – I, I never heard a name like that. I, th- I think it was really, uh, really, really good. I like Another that. good soundtrack, Belly. All kinds of all kinds of people on that soundtrack. Oh, Belly. Gangstar, Jay-Z. I mean, you got Sean Paul making a debut there. The Locks is even in there. Sean Paul. Sean Paul, dude. Wu-Tang. Beanie, wow. Siegel, DMX. Listen to that. That's a star-studded cast right there. There it is. Belly. I forgot. I completely forgot about Belly. I bet you that's going to be on this list. That's going to be on this list. No, I don't think it made this list, dude. Gummo and Belly? How <laughs> <laughs> about can't. the can't. last days of disco? Yeah. Uh. Well, okay. Hold on. Hold on. All right. I get it. But, you know, again, this is a different time. This is a different era. But when you're when you're talking about disco, you got you got some heavy hitters on there. You got Evelyn Champagne King. Okay, that she is the queen of the 70s. I know you've heard some of her stuff that song Shame. And, you know, you got Cheryl Lynn. You got Sister Sledge. uh, Diana Ross. Dude, these are like they were like the queens of disco. Wow. Yeah, I know. Right. Diana Ross. Yeah, they're they're all on there. Cheryl Lynn. At that, all right, so I got to give that a nod. Okay, I'll give yeah, that. I, I think that might be a good one. Now the next now, one. Now, yeah, go. What's the next one, Mike? Because this might be a little gummo worthy here, guys. Uh, performance and uh, James Fox and Mick Jagger on here. Um, let's see. So Nietzsche's own com- compositions are somewhat slight by comparison, but he does offer a supremely light '60s decadence title: Rolls Royce and Acid. There is a terrific turn from Jagger himself on Memo from Turner. So, yeah, I don't know about this, dude. This sounds like some sort of like a hippie drugged out movie, but apparently the music's really good. Yeah, I I, I, I didn't never even heard of the movie. Never even heard of it. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless is a fantastic movie, by the way, like completely out there, completely different. But I don't remember anybody um, 
in terms of uh, the soundtrack of who was on here. But for, for some reason, I feel that there should be there's probably some really good uh, really good artists on here and songs. So I'm just going to kind of take a look at it real quick. I see, and see back. What comes up. I see yeah. back on there. Fiona Apple. OK, well, Beck's hard hitter. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. OK, okay. so. OK, I mean, you know, I guess. Yeah, I, I I don't know about Marie Antoinette at number 36. Um, I never saw that movie. As me a matter of fact, Kristen, Kristen Dunst, I just couldn't stand her. There's not yeah. one movie that she was in that I liked. Zero. None. Yeah, I, I you know, she played a role in um Entourage. I hated it. So ever since then, I kind of just threw it aside. Even though the director is Sofia Coppola, was one of my favorite directors for a while. She's the one that did Lost in Translation with Bill Murray. Remember when he was oh, stuck really? in Japan making commercials and stuff back in the early oh. 90s? This is a pretty weird movie. She's done some good stuff. I don't it know. It was anybody a really weird movie, man. It was weird. <laughs> 35 is the most popular movie in 1987 called With Nail and I. Who made this list? <laughs> What is this? I, I told you. I wasn't sure it was going to be on this list. That's why I went to go through it live. I have no idea who this is. Tamar, you're asking about, is there, do you think uh, there's going to be uh, any of the state property movies next to With Nail and I and Gummo? I don't think so, but I, I'm, I'm more with you. Give me some I'm, Beanie Siegel. I'm holding out, Tamar. I'm holding out. Number holding 34, on. Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2. Now, you know, Quentin Tarantino, I'll tell you what. The, this is some underrated soundtracks here because a lot of them, have Rizzo on there. It's some yeah, Wu Tang. Sure. Well, he's, he's a big Wu Tang fan. You know that. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. So, that, so again, I couldn't tell you any songs on the actual list. I just know that there is some Wu Tang on there. So, which would definitely make me want to listen to it's it. It's more Rizzo stuff. So, uh, just to do, you got you got everything from. I'm just doing a little spot check. Anything from Quincy Jones to Nancy Sinatra. Wow. To Quincy. Bobby Digital. Bobby, did people forget that has that that name Bobby Digital? They forget about that. I always think of Bobby Digital when I think of the Rizzo. How about Clueless? Ninety five, number thirty three. Clueless. A lot of I, a lot of very popular songs on that soundtrack, and you'll know I, that. I, I was digging that movie because I was a I, I I was a big um what what what's her name um Alicia act, Silverstone. Ali, Ali, yeah, I loved Alicia Silverstone. Uh, remember she was in the um the crime video with uh, Aerosmith. Um, yeah, she was in the Aerosmith video, and then remember she played that psycho. She was in some kind of movie where she was just yes. Like, she was underage. She was chasing that married guy around. She tried to kill him a couple times. Yeah, like a, <laughs> she, she was like stalking him. I do. I don't know what that. happened there, but I remember that movie. And then she just disappeared, bro. What happened to her? I don't know. She fell at the, the, the she fell at the the, earth, the end of the earth there, man. Real I real quick, no clueless soundtrack, Beastie Boys, Coolio, um. The Radiohead, I mean, you know, Counting Crows, they're all on there, bro. Luscious Jack, Luscious Jackson. Wow. <laughs> Mike says sometimes the soundtrack is great based on how it was used in the movie. Interesting. As a standalone, the songs may not be great. Example: Juno. Hmm. Dan says, "What about Goodwill Hunting?" Indian alternative music. Definitely. Uh, I did like that movie. Uh, oh, my God. Mike says Poppy Digital was my old AOL name. Bro, I hope you still kept your AOL account because uh, that's a great name. Yo, he was scamming up in those AOL chat rooms as Poppy Digital. We Check all were. <laughs> we were on those chat rooms. And the Mike, chat rooms you know, came out for AOL. Rooms. They were the best. You know, you remember, remember Philadelphia had like eight the numbers. It was like, can I get in Philadelphia five? I got to get in Philadelphia five. And then that was Philadelphia, Philadelphia. five. <laughs> 
it was it was amazing. The chat rooms on America Online was like that. That was the beginning of the internet. And when you were yeah. in a chat room, you were completely blown away by the concept of that. You mean like we can all talk on the computer together? Uh, it was like the digital party enough. line. So you couldn't type fast enough. Yeah, they were just it would just be flowing in there like the Matrix. Yeah, keep up. No, nah, it was insane. And then they, they kept running out of like they had a bunch of rooms that would run out of more. So you'd have to find another room. Then you get all pissed off. You're like, I can't get in. I can't get in. I like bounced out of five. <laughs> That's crazy. Philadelphia man. five. Philadelphia five. Wow. That's great. Anyway. Dazed and confused 1993. That rounds out the top 30. Okay, well, that's a great movie. That is a good movie. As oh, oh. The Graduate at number 30. We'll speed this up a little bit. We got about five minutes left. I'll go, uh, to tw- go, go, go right down to 28. How about, wait, how about 29, Francis Ha? <laughs> well, you know, I, Francis Ha was a great movie. You know, I loved watching uh, Get a Gerwig and Noah Bombach's monochrome drama. What? Uh, man, we must be very disconnected, Mike. It's all I, I guess say. so, man. But I thought I was pretty dialed in with movies. Anyway, go to number 28. Oh, yeah. You know, throw that out there. There you go. Lady, uh, yeah. Above the rim. Lady of Rage, Dre, Dog Pound. Totally West Coast flavor there, man. I remember listening to that soundtrack. Go. Somebody mentioned Go Will Hunting, number 27. That's on there. Oh, uh, Hard Day's what? Night at 26. The Crow at Ooh. 25. Remember The Crow? Yes, absolutely. Nine Inch Nails, Dead Souls. Um, Rage, Rage Against, Against the, machine. the Machine. Oh, that's a that's a, that's a banger right there. McCabe and Mrs. Miller <laughs> checks in at twenty four. Yeah, that's a killer, killer <laughs> banger. Uh, Pretty in Pink at twenty three. Let me tell you something. That is an all time classic movie, though. We might not like the soundtrack, but Pretty in Pink was synonymous with the eighties, man. It was John Hughes, and anything John Hughes did, he had yep. his pulse on the eighties. Think about one John Hughes movie that you've seen that you didn't like. You liked them all. You're right. He had it. Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink. He had it all. He had it on lockdown. Did 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 John did he do uh, Empire Records too? Well, that's sure. a good question. I don't know. He might. It, have. it, it was kind of in that same persona, so that's why I wasn't sure. But, um, dude, that in excess and in excess. Susan, in, in excess and Suzanne Vega. I mean, some pretty big names on that soundtrack. Uh twenty-two Goodfellas. Yeah, again, I think that the movie obviously outweighs the soundtrack, uh, unless you like the the, the the Martin Scorsese kind of vibe right, uh, with the right. Italian music. But um, but really no, he had, he had he had some Jimi Hendrix on there too. Did he have Hendrix on oh, it? Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, and I know I know we're pressed for time, but I think this one. Re- I thought it was all Tony, Be- all Tony Bennett stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tony Bennett. <laughs> And who's the other dude? The dude that was hanging out in, uh, in in Vegas all the time. Wayne Newton? No, it wasn't it. <laughs> Tony Wayne. Bennett was there. The Cadillacs, Cream, uh, the Moon Glows, Muddy Waters. It's man, he just it's all dialed into the seventies. He really had it. So I thought I saw some Jimi Hendrix, but I guess not. Oh, well, you're not saying that was Jimi Hendrix on number twenty one with the Life Aquatic, Aquatic, the Life Aquatic. Did you see this movie? This movie was friggin' weird. No. I remember seeing this. I the never squatted. It. Yeah, yeah. It's friggin' weird, man. It's definitely worth seeing. I don't remember any of the songs on it, but I saw it. it was uh, yeah. I, I, oh, brother, where art thou? I've heard of it, but no, not uh, Cohen Brothers movie. Great movie. Don't remember the soundtrack. This is Spinal Tap. 1984. Uh, I, I, tonight I'm going to rock you tonight. Big Bottom. 
it's a classic movie. I just didn't never never got around seeing it. Love Jones at eighteen. I don't remember. I remember. I that like one, Love I Jones. Love Jones is a good movie. That's R and B flick. So I'm sure you probably have some pretty good uh, Y Clef. There you go, Y Clef on there. Lauren Hill. I mean, Lauren Hill, man. I, that's all you need to hear. Lauren Hill, the brand new heavies. Kenny Lattimore, uh, Marcus. The brand Miller, new heavies. The brand new heavies. Remember them? Yes. Wow, that's that, no, number seventeen. The sheltering sky. What? Interesting. I feel like I've been living in a cave. Boogie Nights at sixteen. Uh, wow. the porn music. Yeah. There's some good music in Boogie Nights. You know, yeah. you know Mark Wahlberg, that basically launched his career, and he said that he regrets doing that movie because it set a bad example. He came out ah. and said that recently. Really? I guess so. I mean, you consider what he was doing, but that's what launched his career. Hey. He actually said that he regrets it. That's crazy, man, because talk about a career, man. I'd love to have Wahlberg's career. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We got a 20th Century Woman. Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. Okay. Classic. And there you movie. go, Mike. Number 13. Friday. Oh, there's Friday. Friday made the list. Friday makes the list of 13. How Velvet Goldmine at 12. Uh yeah. Dude, I don't need I mean these must be like amazing soundtracks. I didn't even heard of these movies. The the repo man? Iggy Pop was on there, by the way. Yeah, Iggy Pop was <laughs> he was a little nuts. Repo man, yeah. The repo I, man, dude. Really? Wait, wait. Oh, here, here. I got a question though. Re, I, like, it, was parental advisory stickers even a thing in '84? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm looking at the cover. It says parental advisory. I didn't even think that shit was around. That's in retro. 84. Yeah, I think parental advisory started with um, the C. Dolores Tucker and Bob Dole and. It was a weird time, man, when Two Live Crew was challenging all their songs were going up to the Supreme Court. Because remember, like the government was trying to oh, basically yeah, ban right. them for being obscene and everything. And those a lot of those cases went all the way up to the Supreme Court. So I think as a result of that, and again, I don't know anything about the court rulings or anything, but from whatever I can remember from back then, which isn't much, but I think the result of that was that they had to put those parental advisory labels on the records and the tapes at the time showing my age well we're gonna we're gonna bang this out the top 10 right this is the top 10 and i'm gonna tell you we have about three minutes left and you're gonna be mildly disappointed i'm just gonna let you know that right now because i kind of I, I i snuck a peek here but uh number 10 is pulp fiction mike i think maybe you both agree well Fantastic deserved. movie yes. great soundtrack uh definitely 100 um you know i don't think there was any disagreement from anybody uh 95 1965 help uh so all about the beatles so for people okay. who are beatles fans right i could see why definitely 1998 rushmore number eight what do you have you ever see that mike yeah dude that's a classic movie that's a i'm big wes anderson guy it's very there quirky shit wes anderson's quirky good soundtrack well deserved today trust me and there goes my my movie that i mentioned earlier lost in translation there you go with that with that great picture on the front with Bill Murray. Yeah, like what kind of movie it is? It's a weird movie, man, but it's good. Do the right thing. I can't believe we forgot about that. Number six. Oh, Spike Lee. Public Enemies fight the power. Fight the power. I mean, fantastic. Uh, Teddy Riley uh, and Guy. My, wow, that. There you go. That's all you got to know. That's all you got to know. New Jack Swing, man. The New Jack Swing. Man, we could do a whole show on New Jack Swing. That's for sure. 
1968 2001 space odyssey Ugh. um yeah i'm not feeling it uh <laughs> great movie but i guess maybe it's maybe dialed more into like classical stuff which we don't really we don't know anything about that. yeah because they don't even have anything listed to be honest with you like when you look at it there's really nothing who would recognize anything on it yeah <laughs> Well, that's nobody even understands what the movie's about, let alone the music. It was a bizarro movie. And then you have The Harder They Come in 1972. Never seen it. Nope. Nope. Uh, premier artists, including Desmond Decker, the, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the Toots and the Mattels. They're probably like great musicians. We're just destroying them because we don't know anything about it. Yeah, I don't. I, well, you know what? It says reggae premier artists. So. I, I'm not a reggae guy. Actually, uh, Mosh, Jeff Mosher said he was a reggae guy. So I had to hit up Mosh. Mosh really? He, yeah, he did. He said he was a reggae guy. Okay. So what's never, your, what, we got number three? what we got number three? Uh, well, number three is well deserved. It's train spotting. I don't know if you've seen train spotting, but back then in the you know late nineties when I was into some electronic music and there was some really, really good songs on that soundtrack. So that is very surprised to see it there. But the Underworld, Born Slippy, Basically, it was like one of my favorite songs of the late 90s. That was on there. There was a uh, Iggy Pop made a um, Iggy. Made Iggy Pops all over the place. Wow. New Order. Some really good stuff on that soundtrack. Well deserved. I don't know. Three. I would put probably Pulp Fiction or um, Forrest Gump. Maybe a three. But um, not so sure about that one. Purple Rain. I never got into Prince. Say, I'm a big Prince guy. I really? love Prince. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, I could go, listen, from his first album, obviously Purple Rain, Raspberry Beret, Diamonds and Pearls, when he got to just the symbol, the artist formerly known as, right? I, I Listen, Prince was so talented, man. When Doves Cry is one of my favorite songs of all time. I love it. I've always liked it, and I continue to listen to it. So I, I'm a huge Prince guy. I really so am. So is it a two? It's a two? It's a two. I don't know if it's, a, well, you know what? It was pretty symbolic back then. Because yeah. if you think about it, in 84, that year, we went through a couple of the ones earlier previously that we weren't sure about, but this was mainstream, you know, and, and, and Prince was a different kind of character, right? So, you know, he was that kind of, I, I, I'm trying to see how to politically say it's the right way, but I won't, won't say like cross-dressing kind of person, but showing that it's okay to wear like female garments on stage, like culture club and boy george right and you had steven tyler with aerosmith like these guys were symbolic for that and and nobody expected prince to be that guy right so you know prince kind of he he took that music mainstream with with purple rain man and it, it, it was a very symbolic movie for a lot of people i don't really uh, know much about that the music the genre or anything but uh, i do have one quote that i'll never forget that i heard when they i went up to stevie ray vaughn and asked him how does it feel like to be the best guitar player in the world and he said i don't know ask prince see that? Cool. yeah so he's regardless uh, among musicians was 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 the best and he never aged bro just never aged he looked fantastic his entire career yeah. you know he, he really did so mike what do we got for number one superfly superfly you ever see superfly no no i mean i've heard tons about it uh never i i just i never seen it it must be amazing i mean number I one soundtrack talks but the soundtrack's great i don't know I, I mean, we we got no 
listen, there's there's no rush hour on here with Jay Z leading the charge. There's a like I think next week, I don't know, pitchfork. I'm sorry, fellas. You you get like a, a D plus for this, man. Uh, this was a very I, I, it was a very uninterested lit uninteresting list, man. Um, soundtrack rankings should be a mixture, in my opinion. Not, yeah, I, I agree. I, I I don't know where some of these came from, but uh, I could definitely. I think me and Goose are probably name ten on our own that are better than half to fifty on that list. <laughs> I'm not a uh, I'm not a big fan of this list at all. As a matter of fact, I think it's terrible. But then Dan again, there's has- so much stuff that we don't know because you know we're sort of pigeonholed into a certain genre of music well we've talked about that and i think that's what it is we're looking for because again like that's why i love juice we're you know we're, we're looking for all those you know the, the hip-hop-esque kind of soundtracks or the alternative lady soundtracks but nothing in between you know it's not like we're gonna say hey nine to five with dolly Parton. that soundtrack was killer you know what i mean <laughs> so, you know maybe, you know even hey how about greece you know greece doesn't get a play on there not, I mean, not even not even a mention. So they probably thought that John? Shit was a joke. Really? I like, guess. So, I guess they did. Yeah. I, I, no. No share. No share up on that list. I mean, there's a no, lot of no, no moonstruck. That's not <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where's moonstruck. The, where's the moonstruck? <laughs> I don't think share is happy with this article. If I could turn back time, uh, Mike says Gummo is. Fire. Uh, where's the weed guy? At? I gotta never, get Rick back. You on never show. saw Gummo, dude. Don't even try. <laughs> There's no way. Nobody There's saw no that. No way. No, nobody see Gummo. Uh, Jamar said, Goose, we need you on to the wire. Uh, Goose getting invited on the show. I love I it. I would love it. I love the wire. That is my absolute favorite show. Um, I try to learn as much as I can about the wire, and I'll tell you, every time I watch it or I watch a different clip. I learned something new because the the people that put that show together, I mean, that is as real as it gets. And there's so many different things that happen in that show. Mm. You don't realize, you know, they throw hints. And when you rewatch it again, you see, wow, it was really leading up to this, but I never saw it coming. I mean, down to down to what they down to the clothes that they wear. You know, I mean, you, you saw one of these things that I that I that I realized the other day is and I forget what season it was. But when McNulty comes back to homicide department, when he gets off, he's on the boat detail and uh, Sergeant Rawls asks uh, Rawls lets him back in because they're trying to get a bunch of murders cleaned off. Well, when when McNulty comes back in, the shirt that he has on matches the the um, the boat uniform that he had on. So it was like he's coming back under protest. And someone made this argument on one of the comments in the in the YouTube video by saying that he's coming back in. And they showed how the shirt was perfectly matched to to the boat uniform. It was like pretty like crazy stuff like this in the wire that you don't even think about. And you know, subliminally, you may you may accepted it, but until somebody sort of breaks it down and you think about it, you're like, this show was brilliant on just about every level. It was before its time too. You know, it was before its time because we've seen a lot of that stuff play out over the last five years, especially with the politics. That, you know, again, we never even thought, man. We never even thought. But I will say, so kind of twist it a little bit before we get out of here. So you're talking about The Wire. I was talking about The Wire. I read this wrong. So Jamar's show 
He has a show on, on our network. Uh, he's part of a family called To The Wire Sports. So ah. he was saying, Goose, we need you on To The Wire. I My mind went right to wire, thinking of the show, because that's how we're wired. So. Absolutely. Just uh, send me uh, send me an invite and talk to Tony, and I would, I would be glad to come on. And if you want to talk on To The Wire about The Wire, I would love to talk about The Wire also. Yeah, that's a, we're, we're, we'll do. Uh, we're going to have to start doing some stuff like that. Because we listen, man, we got to do some different shit here. Uh, we 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 got to turn it up a little bit. We we we're, we're going to do half and half, man. Like, well, we do half court heat and we do all basketball. It's it's six half Sixers, half NBA. We we got to do we, me and Mike have talked about this before. You know, we got to do sports and music, sports and movies. We got uh, listen, we got to open up to another genre. We we do. And and you know what? I'm going to track I'm telling you right now I'm going to track down some people. We're going to bring bring you some live people on the show, former actors. Maybe we like like I'm thinking this is what I think we do, Mike. I think we set every week or every other week we set like maybe maybe a movie or a TV series or you know, and we try to get somebody from that series on the show. Like I want to do playmakers. Like I would love to get an actor from playmakers on the show and find out the see if they could talk about yo what happened you guys know where you guys get heat how did this come about you know what i mean i think that would be pretty interesting we'd love to do that and it's a great idea you almost wonder how much would they really tell us because man the nfl did everything they could to get that show off the air and it, well we, we don't have any fcc rules here so that's right we, you know what i'm saying let, let, let's be honest we don't have any fcc rules so we can do whatever we want that so sounds that, good. that, that sounds that good to be me. interesting let's get them on <laughs> Let, let, let's work on that. So playmaker. So here you go, everybody next week or, you know, because Mike's a busy guy. So even if we can't get next week, the next week, be ready. Next couple weeks, we're going to talk playmakers on this show. So go back, go watch it, go find it. It's out there. It's available. Uh, they just couldn't remake any more. So I think you can actually watch it on YouTube, at least get the storyline behind it, because we're going to talk about that uh, on this show. But as always, man, this is a big We went 10 minutes over from that bomb ass list that we tried. But that's okay. It's because of gummo. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's all good. We we had some great, interesting Eagles conversation. And, and like I said, everybody continue to keep it locked in here. Uh, the subscribers continue to keep on coming. The downloads keep on coming. The views keep going up. Yeah, we appreciate uh, you know, that. Yeah, we all do, man. It's great. Mike, Mike's getting hats. Yo, somebody said Jigsaw hat. Jigsaw don't have a hat, man. You know what I mean? Like... I just feel, uh, yeah, I feel honored and obligated now to wear this hat for every show. So, uh, again, thank you. Uh, again, large on the jersey, too. And if you yeah. want to send some pants, large there also, and about uh, 10 and a half on the shoe, just in case, you know. I, I like that. Throw well, it out there. Well, you never know, man. Maybe, uh, you know, we had to talk a little, a little Under Armour action coming up soon. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You never know what's going to go on here on Heat Ratio Live show. But as always, every single day content Every day, uh, just just got a new golf show. So we have now have two legit golf shows on this network. Next week, it's called Off the Tee with Chris Exusion Monday night. Chris will be joined by the ultimate professional, Mr. Harry Mays, who have you heard plenty of times over and over again. Harry Mays will be on Heat Ratio Sports Off the Tee matchup with Chris Exusion. T tune into that Monday, 9 o'clock. We'll be back, as always, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Fantasy Firebox. Thursday, Flyer and Ice just signed on a new host, so they have a triple box now with my man Dan Advance. Friday night, to the wire uh, with our man JD, Jamar Dean, JD Oracle with Carm, as always. And 
maybe my man Mikey Googs if he gets that guest spot rolling. Yeah. Uh, I know Terrence is on every now and then. And then my, Saturday mornings, betting for breakfast, Mark Drummeller, uh, uh, D Glock, my man Dave, Dave Glockner, he's in there. And then Sunday, it's with your host Tony right here. We do a look back in history every single Sunday, the weekly sports blend. This weekend, it will be the year 2000, Y2K. Uh, so we go over everything. And then Sunday night, as always, half court heat with myself, Andre Al. And I think this week we have a special guest. So uh, we actually have some somebody who might look very familiar in the Philadelphia sports scene coming into wear airways on Sunday night. So uh, as always, Mike, this has been a blast. As it, It's been great. I love doing this. Uh, maybe next Likewise. week we'll see. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's been great. I mean, we got we got a good chemistry going, man. So just just so you know, FYI, before we get out of here, this is something that me and me and my man Goose go back about 20 years, man. And we talked about this 20 years ago and it's actually coming to fruition, which is pretty cool. It's great. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we definitely did. We spent a lot of nights <laughs> together talking about this. And uh, yeah. Tony has obviously is a person of vision. And he said at some point. Uh, I'm going to get together. I'm going to, you know, I'm go- I'm going to be live on a show and you're going to be my guest. And when you threw Remember it out that? to me, yeah, when you, you said that a long time ago and you really made it happen. So kudos to you and everything you've built here with it, with the heat ratio. It's amazing to see how far you've gone and oh, it's amazing to see what's, what's happened and what you have in the pipeline. So I'm just happy to be a part of it. Thanks, man. As always, man, you're the man. Love it. We got a big family going on here and, and we can't do it without everybody as a nucleus. So again, keep it locked here. Keep the subscriptions going and look for the giveaways. Five pla- uh, player packs, prize packs, Aaron Nola, Philadelphia Phillies, Yingling Brewery, National Bobblehead Museum, Sister Jean, Joe Leonardi. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will catch you next week.